appreciated the devotions. Uh, it was a good springboard for the message. Had some good things to say there, and I might touch on a few of those things a little bit later. I don't know what your week has been like. I don't know what your concerns are, or if you're worried, or if you think things are going well, or what might be the, uh, the situation in your life. Maybe you're a little bit like uh, the picture I just put up there on the screen. Uh, hopefully you can see that well. And that is a picture of a boat floating in some what looks like some very choppy water. And it looks like there's been a storm or maybe a storm brewing. There are some birds in the air there, and there's the sun is trying to peek through. There's a lantern on that boat that looks to be lit, but I don't see anyone in the boat. And I'm not sure if they decided to abandon ship, if they were tossed out, or what happened there. Maybe that's a little bit what your life feels like this week or with everything that's going on. But I want to talk this morning about the fact that Christ is our constant refuge and hope. About a year ago, a little over a year ago, I preached a message about the constancy of God, how His attributes are constant, they don't change, and we can rely on that and be blessed by that great hope. And so this morning's message will be a little bit like that. But I want to look at it from a little bit different angle. I was reminded of some of these things recently in a conference I was in regarding our culture. And right now, probably many of us are not as concerned about our culture as we are just what's going on around us in other ways as well, although that certainly is, uh, culture certainly depends on how some of that works and works out. I'd like, if you have your Bibles there, turn to Psalm 121. And we're going to look at uh, some things there in Psalm 121. And see how we might learn a few things from this passage, and then we'll be moving on to some other passages as well. First of all, I'd like to say before we read this passage that uh, if I would have told you a month ago, especially, say, two months ago, that we would not be having church right now, that we would be uh, all uh, kind of in our homes as much as possible, and that store shelves would be empty in a lot of things, uh, you probably would have said, oh, you're crazy. That's not going to happen. Wouldn't happen in America. Wouldn't happen over something like this. But we sometimes are surprised, and sometimes we are taken off guard, and things happen, and suddenly we find ourselves in a situation that we wouldn't have believed a few months ago could have actually happened. In light of that, I'd like to take a look at Psalm 121. It says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth even evermore. You'll notice in this passage that Five times it says the Lord in just eight verses. It, it mentions the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. And it says that the Lord made heaven and earth. The very first verse says, I will lift up mine eyes. Now we can go around at a time like this and we can be downtrodden and be looking down and be discouraged and frustrated or we can look up because that's where our help is at. 
We can look up. We don't have to be looking down. I don't know if there are some things right now that might be worrying you. Uh, You might be frustrated with what's going on with health. You might be worried about your health. Uh, you You might say, well, I'm young. It doesn't really matter. My health is fine. I'm not worried about this. But it may affect someone that you love, someone that you're close to. You might be concerned about the stock market. You might be worried about that. Uh, You might be seeing some of your investments uh, crashing right now or going down. And you might say, well, I'm not invested in the stock market, so it doesn't affect me. But it does. You say, well, I've got my money in the bank, and I'm getting some interest in a CD. Well, interest rates are crashing as well. That's just kind of what happens at a time like this. Now, I'm not saying this to try to be an alarmist and scare you. I'm just stating some facts. Uh, You might be um, worried about your job. And some of you may have already been laid off from your job. Some of you may be laid off in the future and uh, for a period of time. We're not sure about. You might say, well, I'm self-employed. I, I, don't, I don't do that. Well, your job could still be affected. But the fact is, none of these things took God by surprise, or will they take him by surprise? And I might just say that when we think about uh, looking up instead of looking down, I noticed, uh, you know, I was thinking about this idea with the stock market, and some of you may have money invested in a 401k, and I would suggest that you also invest in a forever up there account, uh, because where our heart is and where our treasure is, they run together, and that doesn't mean we can't have financial investments here, but we want to think about our investment in heaven, and that is what's so important. So we look up, we look toward heaven, because if you have an investment there, it's not going to go down. And actually, it won't go up either because it's already as high as it can be. And so we have that wonderful hope. In this passage of Psalm 121, you'll also notice that it says that God will not slumber. It also says he will not sleep, neither will he slumber. And so God was not taken by surprise with this. God could have told you a thousand years ago or before that there would be a COVID-19 virus that was going to shake the world and cause all kinds of disruptions around the globe. And so it didn't take God by surprise. And we're thankful for that. So during this time of uncertainty, there are four things about Christ I would like to point out. And the first one, I would like for you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. And see what it says there about this great God that we serve. In Matthew chapter 28, I'll read the first seven verses. And it says there, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven And came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, He goeth before you into Galilee, there shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. 
The thing that we want to remember, first of all, in a time like this or any time, is that Christ is risen. He has risen from the dead. In this passage, it mentions that he was crucified. And so, of course, uh, he died for our sins, and but he rose again. Had he not risen from the dead, uh, Christianity really wouldn't even exist. Uh, we, we think about what the first century Christians were uh, focused on, and they talked about the resurrection, the resurrection. Christianity wouldn't be here without the resurrection. We t- talk, the Scripture talks about the hope of the resurrection. Outside of the resurrection, we have no hope. We have no hope at a time like this. So if someone uh, gets this virus or anything else, and we would die from it, we still have hope because of the resurrection. I would like for you now to turn to 1 Corinthians um, chapter 15. I have it up there on the screen as well. And it says, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is vain. 1 Corinthians 15, 13, and 14. And so in this setting, in this context, and the context there of 1 Corinthians is dealing with uh, 1 Corinthians 15 is the resurrection chapter. It's talking about the resurrection of Christ. And in these couple of verses, it's basically saying if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ isn't risen. And if Christ isn't risen, then I, it says my preaching is vain. What I'm doing this morning is a futile exercise if, if Christ is not risen. And your faith... The fact that you're actually watching and hoping to be encouraged this morning. Your faith is in vain as well, if indeed Christ is not risen. And so we, we look at the fact that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. So the resurrection is the first thing this morning Now I want us to think about. That if we think about these things that stay constant with Christ, first of all, Christ is risen. Now you can turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verse 36. This is in the context of Jesus, or of Peter, I'm sorry, preaching after the resurrection of Jesus and after the coming of the Holy Spirit, and he's preaching to the people there. And in verse 36, he says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this, that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ, or Lord and the Messiah. So, the next thing I want us to think about this morning is the fact that Christ is Lord. Not only did He rise from the dead, He is Lord. And you might say, well, I've made Him Lord of my life. But He is not, and I say this cautiously, He's not just the Lord of your life, although that is so important for you. If you haven't made Him Lord of your life, then this really is of no value to you at this point. But the fact is, He is not just Lord of your life, but He is also Lord of everything. He is Lord of all, visible, invisible. There is nothing that He is not the Lord of. And I would also like to look at some some passages there. uh, And we're going to take a look at, again, go back to 1 Corinthians, where we were at in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Looking at verses 27 and 28, it says, actually, I want to go there in a little bit. I'm sorry about that. We'll look at another passage first. But speaking about uh, the fact that he is Lord, um, 
I would say this, uh, He is Lord of everything, and He will uh, always be Lord. Let's, let's go ahead then and take a look at, um, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll, we'll jump to that passage and go from there. So 1 Corinthians 15, and starting at verse 27. It says, For he hath put all things under his feet, but when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is expected, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. In this passage, we understand that, yes, he is Lord of everything. Jesus Christ is Lord of everything visible and invisible. And yet, we still have things like the coronavirus. We still have things like death. We still have pain and suffering and so forth. But there is coming a time, where we're going to look at that in just a little bit, where that's all going to be put away. But He still is Lord, and He still is the one who is in control, and He allows what He allows, and He does not allow the things that He says cannot happen and will not happen. And so, remember, Christ is risen, and Christ is Lord. I want to look at another passage with regard to that, and we'll look at that in Ephesians, a few pages back in your Bible, Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll look at verses 19 through 23, and I'm kind of jumping in actually to in the middle of a sentence here. If I wanted to go back to the beginning of the sentence, I think we have to go back to about verse 15, but starting at verse 19, it says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. Look at this power. And I says, exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. So there is power for us, power available. <laughs> to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he, and we go back to the resurrection, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. One thing that is beautiful about this passage is when it talks about him being the head of the church, Lord of the church, it does not say that that there are things yet to come in that, he is the Lord of the church. We are his bride. And he is the one that calls the shots. He is the one that we look to as our Lord and our King in the church. But I like what it has to say up here about the fact that he has set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. That's a reason to look up. And he lists all of these things, principalities, powers, might, dominions, everything, not only in this world, but the things to come. And so we know that he is Definitely Lord of all. I want to look at another aspect now, and that is you can turn to Revelation chapter 21. So not only is Christ risen, He is also Lord, and He is going to make all things new. So Christ is risen, Christ is Lord, and Christ is going to make all things new. Revelation 21, and I'll start reading at verse 1 there, and we'll go through verse 5. It says, and I saw a new heaven. Now, notice the word new. It shows up several times here. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. 
And I, John, saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and he himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And that includes what we're dealing with right now in our world. In verse 5 it says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. So God has made all things new, or God is going to make all things new. Uh, We'll have new bodies. We won't be dying anymore. We won't have pain, suffering, and so forth. So what what a thing to look forward to. What a joy, the fact that he is going to make all things new. He could not make all things new if he had not uh, risen from the dead, but he did. And he is there at the right hand of the Father right now for us, interceding for us. And he hears our prayers and he knows our concerns and he, he knows the things that we're going through and he knows uh, maybe some of your anxiety and your concerns right now. But remember, he is Lord. He is Lord of everything. You might say, well, why do I have to live during this particular time? Why, why in the world? Uh, I was talking with an, an older lady uh, just yesterday who called me, and she said she couldn't remember anything like this really ever like happening quite like it is right now. And I said, I don't think so. I said, the only thing I could kind of remember was maybe the, the flu of 18 or uh, 1918. That's been over 100 years ago now. And I believe my grandmother was very, very sick during that time. They thought she might not live, but she did. And this lady told me that uh, her father's first wife, if I understood it correctly, uh, died during that flu. And then he later remarried, and I believe that lady's husband had maybe died in the flu as well. I mean, it was a terrible time and a lot of things going on. That's been over 100 years ago. And so you say, well, this kind of thing doesn't happen very often. Why am I here right now? What's going on? Why is it? Why is this allowed to happen in my time. But keep in mind, again, that God is in control. And so turn with me to, um, turn with me to Acts. Um, actually, I have a few things here on the screen I didn't put up, might want to look at. Uh, I would say this, going back, I'm sorry, I'm jumping back now just a little bit, with the all things new. We are invited to be a part of that great day, and those who have made him Lord now, will see all things made new then. Sorry, I got a little bit behind on the PowerPoint there. So, let's go to Acts chapter 17 and take a look at, a, at some verses there. Now, in Acts chapter 17, Paul is in Athens, and he's dealing with some of the philosophers there. Those philosophers believed a variety of things. And the, there were Stoics there, Epicureans and others, and so they had a, a variety of different things that they believed. And Paul has an opportunity to witness to them. And this morning I'd like to read a few of those verses in that dialogue, and we'll start at verse 22. It says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. 
God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, and there again we see that thing of the Lord coming out, he is Lord, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needeth anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. The thing I'd like to focus on now is Christ has determined our time on earth. So Christ is risen, Christ is Lord, Christ will make all things new, and Christ has determined our time and our habitation and where we were at, and that includes everyone. And verse 36 is where I'd like to focus on, and that says, and hath made of one blood all nations. So everybody comes from the same, uh, the same DNA, if you will. We are all God's children. We all come from God. In that respect, we've all been created from him. And it says, for to dwell on all the face of the earth. So it doesn't matter where someone is dwelling. But it says, and God hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. So God has determined where people are going to live, where we will be, what the nations are going to be. And if he has determined where the nations are and who are in them, then he has determined what time you should be on this earth and why. And I would like to think that one of the reasons that you are here now um, is the fact that it is a great time to witness for Christ. Dwayne alluded to that in his devotions, talked a little bit about that. We have a great opportunity right now to witness for Jesus Christ. And I believe that each of us is put here at this time for some purpose. And maybe that purpose for you is to witness to a neighbor, a friend, or someone that you run into that's worried, that's frustrated, that's... Uh, buying everything off the shelves in a store, and, and maybe you can just say, hey, you know what? Christ is risen, and uh, see what their response is. Or Christ is Lord. He's in control of this. You can trust Him. You can place your trust in Jesus Christ. And so I think we have a great opportunity that, that Christ uh, knew this was going to happen ahead of time. He determined uh, when we would be here. He determined the nations and we call this, some people call this the Chinese virus. That's where it seems to have originated from, spreading across the world. It will probably always have that nickname, to, for at least for some. Uh, God determined where this would start at, in what country it would start at, and how it would be um, spread across the world. God has allowed that to happen. In His sovereignty, He has allowed that. And so we have an opportunity because God has determined that we are here now. And so we have an opportunity uh, to witness for him and to show our faith and our strength and our courage during this time. So let's remember this morning that God is not surprised. Christ is not surprised. Uh, Christ is risen. Christ is Lord. He will make all things new, and he has determined your time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the fact that you are the risen Lord and Savior that you are uh, alive and will be alive forevermore, and that we can be with you in the new heavens and the new earth and a new kingdom that you will have. And, Lord, I just thank you that you are Lord of everything even now. Help us, Lord, to be faithful 
in the time that you have placed us, in the settings you have placed us, help us to be faithful in witnessing for you even during this time. We just pray, Lord, too, that you would be with each one in the brotherhood as we go through this time. Give us wisdom, give us strength, give us courage. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with each one, especially those that may be discouraged or worried over this time. Lord, just help us to be faithful to each other in the brotherhood and encourage each other. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Lord bless you.